Welcome back to the latest edition of the Everyday Sniper. This is Mike from Mile High Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's Hide is here. So we talked the team's about... back. Yeah, the team's back in town. Oh, no. Mandatory range equipment was our last episode, so let's recap a little bit of what we were talking about Yeah, because that went there. long. That was a good one. But uh, it was a lot. That's fucking a lot, man. It, we do a lot of talking. And yeah, there's do. there's a lot of editing. I'm sure that's going to go on here in the in the next. Uh, it goes fast. Yeah, and then the next episode, and we're trying to keep it to a specific time limit because we know uh, attention span, but also you know when you get you don't want to go halfway through an episode and then get a quarter of it and then the last section. Yeah, you got to start it all over. We get it. Um, we left off on mindset, and mindset is a huge, huge thing, especially when you're trying to get shooters into this sport and you want to have a good time. And I'm going to hit something right quick. Well, before I do a recap, go go back and, and just run down and just read the list of equipment we had. So so recapping the last episode as far as equipment goes, uh, bringing, to, yeah, br- bringing to the range uh, just your everyday shooting, Kestrel, Chronograph, plenty of ammo, Seasonal um, clothing, clothing, magazines, magazines, sunscreen, spray paint, tools, targets, tools, food, water, snacks, rear bags, bags in general, uh, and accessories, suppressor, sling, uh, spare bipod, sunshade, tripod, spotting scope, barricade, rangefinder, shot timer. And then, of course, always, always, always bring that safety aspect to anything mm-hmm. that you do out there. Uh, there's a lot of bad stuff in the news all the time about guns and whatnot and people trying to take our rights away. We need to show them that we're actually responsible shooters mm-hmm. all the time, every single time. Everything that you do, you're in a fishbowl and everybody gets to look in. You're the target, man, whether you realize it or not. So don't be that guy. Um, going with accessories, I want to talk about, well, this episode, we're going to talk more about those accessories too, but I want to talk about the national level prize table. My uh-huh. my first, and, and you know what's funny? This is the Bushnell brawl weekend when I wrote the letter. Oh, was it? It was the same match that caused the drama last year. It was actually happening right now. The, my first experience with the prize table was at the Sniper's Hide Cup, and I think it was 2015 when you had it in Weldona. Mm-hmm. And it was a freaking madhouse. People fighting for points and everything. And the thing that made me laugh the most was everybody was at the table trying to get extra points. And then you finally just had enough and you were like, you know what? Give that guy 40 extra points. And then everybody looked at him and and he looked at you and you looked at him and then he turned around and walked away. I was like, if it's so important to you, have 40. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that match wrecked me in a lot of ways, but I fixed it. So manners, not stocks. I'm talking about pleases and thank yous and match directors. uh, Think about this. Send out an email. You're sending out all these welcoming emails. Want Take the time and get a point of contact from the company that's that's being represented at the prize table. Get a point of contact email and shoot it out to all these shooters. Shooters, once you've won your prize, or even if you didn't win a prize and you just, you know what, I'd defer my prize to somebody else, take five minutes out of your day, go through that email, find those points of contact, and thank them for their generosity. Don't try to call the company and exchange a piece of gear because most <laughs> of these companies set aside a you budget. You guys get that a lot. We these do. ungrateful people, which I bitched about, will literally call you up and say, I won this stock that you put on the table. The he, $1,500 stock. He knew, he took it knowing it wouldn't fit anything he had. And now he wants to exchange it and he's asking you for the cash. 
So you have to understand. This is true stories that happen every time. You have to understand that these companies that are out there donating stuff is they set aside a budget and equipment to give to you free of charge, to give to you free. So if you want these companies to donate, treat them how you'd want to be treated if you were giving out tens and thousands of dollars of your own money. Don't take something you don't need just because it has a high value. I don't like to rant and not a whole lot of things get me upset. I'm the rant guy, but... Not a whole lot of things get me upset and I'm pretty even keel. But you need to understand that no one is entitled to shit. (laughs) You go out and earn it. Your first priority of shooting a match should be having fun and testing your personal limits of marksmanship. Your second priority is where you end up in the pack. There's nothing worse than getting stuck behind somebody who's bitching all day long. Why they do this? Why they even the New Zealand guys were telling me that that people even complain because they put left hand stages in. Right. Just go out there and shoot and, it and shoot it. Yeah. You you paid the money to shoot it. Go mm-hmm. shoot it. Have fun. Well, but there's a reason if why if you don't like doing it, don't do it. Right. There's a reason why the snipers hide matches had such big prize tables is because we forced people at the time to be, you know, respectful to the companies. We made sure we had the highest return of thank yous of any match out there for a long time, even with the series, you know? And that's what the thing is, man. You gotta be respectful. This this is not- Otherwise, these companies are gonna go away. They are. They're already going away because they're getting flooded and they don't like the attitudes. Like, just like you said, man, if a guy calls you up and tries to ask you for the cash, come on. So I mean, bottom line is- I'd take their name first. And I'd start another blacklist. <laughs> I'd have their right. name and say to the match director, just drive them out. You know what, dude? We'll give you a prize, but that guy who called me up, who took a prize off your prize table, can't shoot it if you want me to give you a prize. I'm, and you know what? People don't like the way I have that attitude. <laughs> I have a blacklist. I know Jacob has a blacklist. We have blacklists. So, bottom line, be the guy on your squad that you would pick to have on your squad. Yeah. Be that guy. Have fun. And I guarantee you'll have the best three-day shoot that you've yeah. ever had. Who would you rather have a beer with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guy. So that's that's where I, I go ahead. So. All right, no, yeah. rant over. Rant over. Yeah, rant over. Mike's Mike's moment of being on the soapbox is over. I want to I want to talk about fun stuff now because that just it, it, it makes it, my blood it, right. boil sometimes. People don't get it, man. They think I'm just being a dick about stuff, but. No, when you're getting phone call after phone call after phone call of, you know, it's like the Salvation Army salute. They got their hand out yep. and they want something for nothing, but they don't want to be respectful for it. So think about that as you guys are going to these things and, you know, think about those companies that are actually donating to it. And that's money that they could be giving to their employees for working their ass off mm-hmm. to provide you with good customer support. You Bottom just, line. You just took Mike's bonus, man. <laughs> right. You're so, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Sniper, Mike and Mile High Shooting. Frank! And again, we're going back to accessories. So we're going to get a little bit more in depth this time. And what accessories are out there to help you step your game up? What are you doing? You know, what are you putting your hard-earned money towards? And we talked about minimalist. Are you a minimalist or are you a straight-up gear guy? So there's room for both. There is room for both. And in those categories, you got soft goods. Mm-hmm. So we talk we talk a lot about rear bags. I think that is probably one of the most important things that you could bring with your gun. Uh, got to have a rear bag, man. So we got rear bags from Tab, Troust, Armageddon Gear. Is it Cross Tech or Cross Tack? Tack. Cross, cross Tack. And they're local guys too. They're out and of And I like because Cross Tack makes every bag heavier light. So you got the air filled. 
So any bag tactical you, air. Yes, tactical air in it. It's got special air. And so you have an air filled version and then the sand filled version. When I travel and I get on the plane, I take the air ones with me. It's not the best option for stability, but it's light. You can travel with it and it's easy and it's something. It's there. It supports the back of the rifle. So the big poofy pillows. Like the Trouse one, like I said, the new one. I had the Wee Bad. I still have it, but I replaced it with that custom Trouse you made for me. The uh, the rear bags, again, huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. Go out and find one that works for you. I know Frank likes to use heavier ones. I like to use lighter ones. And I actually, re- I, I used to have a bunch of heavy ones, you know, one of almost each size. And I was like, man, this is what's going to get me through every situation that I'm in. Yep. And then I was like, well, I got 40 pounds of freaking of heavy bags you know, heavy rear bags in my backpack and I'm trying to carry those through the hills and mountains and crap. Now I've moved into getting the lighter stuff, the tactical air stuff, you know, the special recipe where it's, you know, really strong nylon uh, crafted perfectly and uh, filled with, you know, these little There's beagles. a car kit that has heavy stuff and then there's the travel light kit. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of both. So depending where I go and I travel a lot, I have a grab and go with really light stuff. That's the air filled. And then when I'm in my car, it doesn't matter. We so. talk a lot about rear bags, but there's also front bags that are out there. Now, yeah, the game changers and stuff. And those are heavy as right shit. at the top of the list. Isn't there like a tactical udder or something mm, like that? that? The Saracen, he's actually, um, the Saracen bag, he's coming out this weekend. Tomorrow, I'll be on the range with him with the Saracen bag. You guys going to do any video out there? Maybe, yeah. probably. That'll be cool to look forward to. Uh, HRD and Troust are actually coming up with a hush-hush development nice. uh, of front bag stuff. And we got to test that out on our last uh, Pawnee match when we when it was eight degrees outside. And snow. And you guys are crazy. I stayed home. Dude, it was actually a really good time. It, it would have been really shitty if the wind started blowing real mm-hmm. hard. But we saw some of the highest scores come out of it that's this last weekend, you know, in the, in the 70s, mid-high 70s. Yeah. Um, they were definitely in it to win it. Jose, great, great shooting. Uh, Drew, great shooting. Uh, they co-champed basically the whole thing. It was mm-hmm. funny because the the way they shot, it was like, okay, you guys scored the exact same. So now we have to do a tiebreaker. So random course of fire, this one. Well, they both shot the same on that one. Well, random course of fire on this one. They both shot the same on that one. They did this like four or five times. <laughs> and finally, they just looked at each other and said, dude, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. you know. Flip a coin. Yeah, flip a coin. So that was a that was a really fun shoot. But again, going back to that, you know, front yeah. bag situation. I'm a big, when I travel to and. and it, it goes either way. I have a battle belt that I use. It's a slim down. It's a, a it's a, a tag gear, T A G, and they have this like tactical assault gear. Yeah, tactical assault gear. It's like a thirty dollar padded belt, Molly belt. That's really good. You can put the ends inside so they're not hanging out. And then I have my stuff on that. I have like the tab gear, um, uh, mag pouch, Kestrel pouch. You know, a little pack for some extra ammo. If you need a pistol, I use the G-code stuff. Do you have a K-bar? I do, but not here. I don't use it. I, I carry the one in my pocket. But, you mean you're not running around with a K-bar yeah, out there? In my teeth, I have the K-bar. <laughs> <laughs> I carry K-bar. I got a snake in one hand. K-bar in my teeth and running through the jungle. Um, yeah, so I'm not opposed to using those battle belts that way. Although you'll see a lot more guys now are just using like a single Kydex holster for either their AI mag, you know, what is that? Long shadow holsters? Long shadow. Those yep. guys, to me, that's I actually the have good... them on my list here. For yeah, long shadow. Too. 
And, and to me, if you're doing a PRS NRL type event, that's not a field course. That's more of a square range course, K&Ms. Lighter is definitely better and just kind of clipping that onto your normal belts. Tight gear is light gear, yes, guys. Yes, tight gear. Light is right. And, and um, with uh, with belts in themselves, from what I've learned in my experience, uh, being back and forth, Conus, O'Conus, and having to carry, you know, a battle belt and pistol and mags and, and everything, you know, whether it was a drop leg holster or just straight up mounted to the to the belt, you want a belt that is built for that job. You don't want to go over to Sears and get a freaking fashion belt or anything yeah. like that. You want something that's five stitch. You want an instructor belt. You want a big, nice thick piece of leather you want a tab gear belt you want something that's actually built to hold this stuff up because at the end of the day if all that weight is on your right side it's cutting into your left side or vice versa mm -hmm. if all that weight's on the left side so you have to be able to spread that equipment mm -hmm. out over real estate and actually be comfortable because if you're not you're going to have some problems and you're not going to want to use that belt I and mean, if you're if you got to carry a pistol and you're a drop leg holster guy please take the freaking straps that bottom strap on you don't your need it. well it goes against your nuts there man mm -hmm. it should be up when you drop your hand and relax it on your side you should be able to touch the bottom of your muzzle that's where your hand should go i take that very bottom strap and that one goes up like tight in in the crook of my leg there whatever you call mm -hmm. it next to your nuts i don't so, know so and then probably the top one you take off more than likely talking about like a safari land or yeah safari like land okay type, so like a, you have that leg panel and what i've done with my leg panel yes, is is very leg. is very similar to what frank is talking about is you have the two slots for basically two uh bungee pieces of of strap so you take that top one off and take a Dremel or take it to the saw and cut like a half moon shape out so that you just have that bottom one exposed and then run that bottom strap and pull that thing as high on your freaking belt as possible. Yeah, but you don't hang it down by your knees, man. No, that it's drives just, me nuts. You know, it's it primarily used for guys wearing body armor and stuff like that so that you're when you're drawing, you're not drawing into your vest and, you know, and getting hung up on your stuff and getting your gun halfway out of the holster. So just try to get that up. You're not wearing body armor. Yeah, you're not wearing body armor. Just just get that holster as high as possible. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anyway, so yeah, all this is is good. There's not a lot of pistol stages. Some of them here. We have one in our local match. I like the pistol stages. I always did. I think as precision rifle guys, you should be fighting to your gun. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You and, fight your way to the big gun. A, mm -hmm. a pistol is designed for use of fight your way to the big gun or fight your way back to the gun you shouldn't have dropped in the first place. Right. Right. Exactly. I just make enough noise to get to my rifle. I really like one of my favorite pistol stages was at the the Hyde Cup, mm -hmm. and we yeah, were shooting stages. out of somebody's SUV. That was a good stage. That was yeah. That was they we they were they were junker cars. Oh, okay, good. We, I was like, dude, who a, was brave enough to pull their freaking SUV? No, out they were junker cars. But window. we we had a, a we had a car battle where you fought from one car to the other, <laughs> and, and it was like you were on the side of the street, and there was just a video. Do you see that video on YouTube or whatever? <laughs> Where these people were at a light, and there was a car in the left-hand lane to turn. There was a truck in the middle lane, and then a car came along in the right-hand lane to turn right. But what he did is he slowed up and started a gun battle with the guy in the left, with that guy in the middle, and then drove off. It was crazy. So, yeah, we did a stage like that. No, it was tons of fun, especially because you had to do it almost one-handed. Yes, and you couldn't you get fight it. out of your car, man. Yeah, fight, you had to fight your way out of the car. Get the gun out of the back, and then get the gun out of the back, and then and engage. Then throw the it over targets. the hood and start shooting, man. That was mm -hmm. super cool. I like it was those a lot stages. Slings, slings. You so, got to do slings, man. We didn't even talk enough about slings. So 
I, I keep bringing up Colorado Precision Rifle, Tab Gear, VTAC's got a decent sling out there. Yeah. Again, you're looking for something, though, that's going to pull into your body because as you're shooting off a tripod, you're shooting off of a barricade, you want to be able to sling up and use that support hand to torque down on the sling. Yeah. It's the patrol draw. carry. It's yeah. the over-the-shoulder patrol carry. If you're right-handed, that slings over your right shoulder. Then when you pick the rifle up onto the barricades or the stage, you cinch it tight, but then... You use that support hand to chicken wing it and, and complete the process and keep it tight. And then your elbows are in tight, the whole thing. And, yep, and lean into it. Yeah, so sling. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of slings that way, although I, I, I've been lacking in, in my sling training. I need to jump back into it. We talked about shooting mats, tab gear. Cross tack. The, yeah, cross tack, like the tactical operations bag that comes with the padded mm -hmm. mat. Um and that goes back to, you know, what are you bringing out to the range? You're bringing a drag bag, a Pelican, um, you know, uh, a backpack. What are your, what are your preferences? I'm actually in the process of redesigning the, the, the bags we carry. I've talked with some guys, drag bags to me are too big, the pouches and the whole thing, although I like them easier through the car and the whole thing, but I'm going to be redesigning a bag and, and looking at There's it. There's one that you keep posting up. Which one? The one that you're carrying around at SHOT Show. What? The bag? That, that backpack with the gun. Oh, the Vorn. The Vorn. Yeah. yeah, that is awesome. That Vorn pack, the links that I have, fits. And they have multiple sizes. That It's sized. This is the, the money friggin' thing. So there's guys who have been posting and using it. It's out of uh, Norway. And it holds the rifle, but it's not... Anywhere near it was uh, somebody said the Eberly stock was 10 something pounds. The Vorn that I have was four pounds mm -hmm. and it carries the rifle in a much better way that deploys much better. Uh, it's perfect size for matches. It's perfect size for one day hiker, one day event. I'm going to use it in um, June at the cup up there in Washington because that's 10 miles of walking. Um the, the Vorn, uh, V-O-R-N, out of Norway. There's a U.S. store. The one I'm using is the Lynx, and there's sizes. So you can get different sizes if you're a bigger guy. We it looks like there's a bunch of applications for it, oh, too. Huge. As, as, as creative as you can get with it is what this bag for is going to do for you. You can go to gun quick with minimal movement for military, law enforcement, the whole thing. It protects the scope. It puts the gun in, secures it. And has a quick release like a parachute that you need to pull on. It can't accidentally deploy. And it's nowhere near as big as an Everly stock. I've gotten rid of all my Everly stocks. I had two um, packs there. Uh, I'm still using a gunslinger too. Oh, yeah. Yep. I got rid of mine all. I gave the last one away to Marine Sniper Recon guys. Um, Pelican cases. cases. Yeah, I use Pelicans. I use the short ones though because almost all my rifles fold. Yep. So I'm using the 36s and not the 52s. I like the the 32s, the 3200, and we have a bunch of those with custom cut foam. Is that the short one? That's the, the shorter one. I'm using. one yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and we have them cut for for AIs, AIs and, and stuff. And uh, you got mag pouches. We're actually in the process of redesigning the cuts in there as well because mm -hmm. it's it's an older cut from years ago where we had different type of equipment. Now we have the you know the new stuff that's that's funneling in. So 
you know, we needed to kind of get with the times yeah. and, and Adam took his time to actually, you know, measure everything out to scale and say, okay, this is what we need for these guys. As far as taking a Pelican to the range, that's, you know, that's, that's behind me. I don't, I don't do that just because it's, I, I think it's more of a storage thing than it is yeah. an actual drag behind you. You know, if you're going through the airport or something like that, you know, you definitely want one of those, especially so you can lock it. And I think it's a requirement, but going out to the range, dragging a Pelican out there is not my style. No, I'm with you. It, it, I bring them just because I have so many stuff and some stuff is in the Pelican that way. And I just don't take it out uh, when I get home that, but traveling you have to. And so the Pelican is, is, you know, is definitely good. Pouches for brass collection. There's a bunch of brass catchers out yeah. there. I mean, you can get, you can bring a Safeway shopping bag if you wanted to. One of the ones that I use is a, uh, is the Magpul DACA pouch and I, I don't honestly, I don't even remember where I got it from. I think we got it from a local match with uh, Magpul sponsored it and they sent us a bunch of cool little just kind of here, have, have some stuff, you know, reach in the bag, grab something. Ended up with a DACA pouch. Uh, another thing that's that I like to use is one of the tab gear uh, zipper bags mm-hmm. because I can zip it close, zip it shut, you know, and there's a little loop that goes over the zipper. Yes, so it that keeps locks it, it yeah. right. That so, locks it up. That that's a that's a good travel rear bag because when you show up at your place, you got that little it's like a it's a rear bag, but it's zippered. Then you throw your sand in it when you get there. Yeah, and then when you're done, dirt, right. Then when you're done, out. you dump it out. And now when you're on the airplane and stuff, you don't run into the case. You get guys now, every time I turn around, guys are getting hemmed up by TSA trying to carry on their game changers and stuff, which weigh like, you know, 10 pounds. And, and so the air stuff and the, and, and the, the things for travel are so much better. It's, it's worth having a set of travel kit if you can afford it. Absolutely. Mag pouches. I use the tab. I like the long shadow. I have, I got some long shadow ones and the long shadows are cool. He came in and he was like, Hey, I need some mags so we can make some mag pouches. And I'm, I'm all about some Kydex stuff. Mm -hmm. And he, he sets it up so it'll fit on Molly. So what I have is a, basically like a camelback backpack mm -hmm. and it's got a, a couple strips of Molly on the back. So I put those two mag pouches back there and they don't clip in like they're not, you know, they're a little bit of friction held, but for the most part with those mag pouches, it's a strap that's over the top, top, so a button strap. And then you just pop that button strap and that mag breaks freely out of there. It's really nice. I keep one on my on my belt and I keep two on my bag. So yeah. I always have three extra mags with me wherever I go. Yeah, it's a two, minimum for a match, you need two mags. The good thing about Long Shadow too is it's it's a local Colorado guy. So we always you know try to support those guys when we can. It's veteran owned and Patriot operated. And you can, yeah, you can go to his, uh, go to his Facebook, like him. He's got a bunch of cool stuff. He does mostly competition gear and a lot of, uh, pistol three gun, holsters. Yeah. yeah three gun, three type. gun type stuff. He so. just moved close to me. I got to go see his shop. He's near me now. Super cool, dude. Arm commander. Yeah. Gotta have that. So personal preference going back to that, we got a couple options here. We can go arm commander style or we can go weapons mounted dope. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of companies out there that are doing this. So you got like a Prater board, which is going to connect to your uh, Picatinny rail. It's going right. to hang off the side on the left and you can, it's, it's made of basically just two metal pieces connected. And it's on kind of like a little spring loaded uh, flip board where you can move it back right. and forth. You can put some Velcro on it and put your little, uh, put your little dope cord. Yeah. A little whiteboard. You can uh, put some Velcro on the back of your Kestrel mm -hmm. and put that up on your Prater board and it'll hold it up nice and steady. Yep. And then you have guys that are using, I've seen a lot of sidewinders out there. A lot of sidewinders. 
And then I, I like the Arm Commander. I have the one I originally, I don't know if you guys carried any more that RE Factor. RE Factor. That's the one I was using. Those it. are really cool. Mm-hmm. I got the Sports Authority Special. Yes, those, tell you what, when you if, if you don't have one and you need to get one, Dicks or Sports Authority. The little like, quarterback sneak yeah, deal. Yeah, quarterback yep. ones, man. They're like 12 bucks and they're really good. And, and they're super cheap. I have, a, I have a, I think it's Cutler is the little kid. I have a little pop football little kid one that's like $5. I like it because it's it's big enough on your arm for that panel of like, you know, if you have like your right in the rain paper, mm-hmm. one of the small pads, it'll fit perfectly in there. Exactly. But also you don't have to shove it in between the plastic. You can rip open the top piece, layer, layer dope down and, and close it over the top. You know, when the Velcro is closed and you can see it through the top layer of the plastic. Yeah. I like the RE Factor one. It's slimmed down. It's easy. It fits me well. It doesn't slide around. I have a couple of them, but that one's my favorite. The one thing I don't like, and I'll point this out, is any type of weapons-mounted dope that is on a, a flimsy piece of, like, it, it just reminds me of pipe cleaner, basically. So when the wind kicks up, all of a sudden it's flapping around yeah. in the breeze. So you can stretch it around. I have one can, of those. I don't know where it came from, but it, it's on a it's on a wirely bendy little pipe cleaner thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from. But it moves around a little too much for me. I like something that's solid, and if I bump it against something, I'm not afraid that it's going to break off. Putting a lot of stuff on our rifles now, man. Yep. It works. So we be- we talked about backpacks a little bit. So you got the Everly stock. You know, there's guys that uh, grab I their- I use Kefaru too. Kefaru. Here, right here. Yep, um, local guys. Uh, our old school pack. guys that are using their rucksacks, their Alice packs, mm-hmm. right? And- Mystery Ranch is a great yep. one. Um, Colin Fossen's Mystery Ranch, and he's got the insert inside that he's like a foam buildup inside on the back part of it, and it becomes like a, a shooting- uh, tool you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's he's using the mystery ranch and i think he what he did was it has those round uh foam body armor pieces he put them inside and uses it to keep the the pack up for support i'm glad you brought that up because let's say you break your bipod or something like that you want to you want a bag right that's actually going to support the rifle yeah support the front of your gun whether you're hunting out there and we had a guy that shot our local match and he had a pretty rough day, but first thing he did was break his bipod. Nice. So then he was shooting off of his backpack. Well, he didn't get you know good enough behind the gun, and the scope came back, bit him in the face. And then we went to another area. <laughs> we went to another area, and he smashed his thumb somehow. I think in the bolt between the bolt and the freaking scope. And so he's got you know basically a black eye. He's bleeding. His gun's all jacked up. His thumb's all messed up. And he shot like six stages, and he had something else he had to go do, but. You know, we were kind of walking past and he was in the truck and he was like, oh my God, that's the most fun I've had in like 20 years. Nice. He was all jacked up. Yeah. But going back to the whole point of, you know, you may have to shoot off your pack. You want something that's going to support and you have to have a support system in your pack so that when you're, you know, you're, you're traveling uh, overland, mm-hmm. you know, that it's going to be nice and secure to your body instead of flapping around. I always say that. I can't stand it when I see the straps hanging off someone's bag, yeah. too. Tape them down, man. I, I, I got to get on the Mystery Ranch kind of bandwagon a little harder. I talk to them every year at shop because they're right behind you guys at Mile High there. And Lance, you know, they, they're golden dudes, man. They're awesome to talk with and, and, and to deal with. I just... I just hadn't kind of committed 100% to them, but they're definitely a good pack, and, and those foam pieces work inside for what we do. D-rings and Grimlock attachments. Yeah, I'm a D-ring guy. So for here's, bags. Here's, here's the thing. 
secure your equipment. Mm-hmm. Tight gear is light gear. Don't be the guy that's caught off guard trying to gear down in a porta shitter on the range and you lose a valuable piece of equipment to the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, whatever you dropped is gone forever. Yes. Okay, so the point is secure your stuff. Don't walk around looking like a yard sale. You know, just don't be the guy that has to sift through protein shits on the second day of a shoot in the middle of July in Calcutta. Yeah. You're not going to have a good time. So make sure everything is locked up or, you know, at least drop gear outside and let your buddy watch it. But, you you know, if you're not securing all your stuff, mm-hmm. something's going to fall off and you're going to lose it. And you're going to have to go and get it I have it, it kind of like travel version and then I take it out and have match kind of employment. So, you, you know, everything goes inside. It's all secured. Everything's good in there. And then when I get to the match, stuff comes out and then I hang them on carabiners and stuff like that. And, and so then they get hung out a bit. But they're still hanging on a, on a clipped lock. And then when I need them, I can take them off from there without having to go in and out every time. But then when I travel, boom, they're right there. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of D-rings. So right that's here, kind man. of, that's kind of yeah, you. there's one right there. Right, right, right behind us. So tra- podcast that, kit. that gives a, <laughs> that kind of helps us transition from those soft goods into the hard goods, yeah. right? So hard goods right now tripods are extremely hot extremely hot we always you know you hear us talking about really right stuff you're talking about faisal um you just talked to what was it leo, leo photo um and i actually had an opportunity to see one of those brett dorland brought one in last week mm-hmm. and we were making sure because you can't use the same ball heads for the really right stuff that transition into a faisal because the core, there's an adapter yeah, the well the core is just not the same it's not yeah. big enough to support a leveling base so you can, there's an adapter piece that goes in there. There isn't, there is, they have their own special one that right. screws into the top, but it's not the one that drops through the middle. Yeah. So that being said, with the Leo photo one, we test fitted and it worked and it was really solid because, you know, you have that tension mm-hmm. nut on the side at the top. So that hole is actually the same and you can use, you know, you can um, cross pollinate those two types yep. of uh, tripod yep. in their uh I cross pollinate all the time now. Mm-hmm. I talked about in the previous one with the hog saddle tripods with my really right stuff ball head on it. So I, I'm definitely a fan of cross pollinating. Uh, tripod mounting solutions. It's like everybody had this idea all at the same time to try to get your gun to clip into that yes, really, really right, right stuff. stuff dovetail, yeah. So the only one that I've had, you know, factory training from and, and had time to actually sit down with somebody and talk about is the HRD stuff. I know there's other stuff out there and you hear me preach this stuff. I love Dan. I love his stuff and everything that he touches, he, he want he's very meticulous in what he does, mm-hmm. but I know that there's other stuff out there. I don't, who, who else is putting out a good Ingenuity product? Ingenuity Gunworks. Um, there's uh, Area 419 has a rail. They do. There's a bunch of them uh, who have them. But a lot of people are making them because, you know, have CNC will travel. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you want to make sure that whatever one that you're getting is actually going to attach to the rifle that you have. Where you need either a universal rail or a dedicated rail for that system mm-hmm. so it's not flopping around. We, we were looking at putting a, uh, one of those rail systems onto a a standard HMR Bergera last week and it'll clip to the front. No problem. Cause it has the two screws for the, for the Harris studs and then, or the swivel studs anyways. But on the backside, we're actually going to have to drill into that stock yep. because when you, as soon as you put it into that tripod, I guarantee you pull the trigger. There's going to be a little Movement. flex in there. And so, Manners has stuff built in now too. I'm a, like, I talked about like a couple Manners is doing Manners that. is doing them. I like Tom's stuff, man. Masterpiece. Masterpiece of course is the sets the standard. Masterpiece the chassis has everything built into that chassis. 
It is the they PRA. They didn't used to is the thing. No, So but now, now if you it's... have an older style one, you can actually, I, from what I understand, you can call them up and tell mm-hmm. them, hey, I want you yep. to machine this back. And they will. And, they, and they'll take care of that for you. They're, I don't know if there's a fee involved or anything, but that option is there for you. Yeah. The, um, if you're a PRS NRL match shooting with the props, not the field stuff, you want the MPA chassis for that. I mean, that's where, like, you can eliminate a lot of accessories just with that one chassis because it's already built into it. So he does a good job. So front support, let's go, let's reverse. Let's go to rear support. Monopods and butt spikes. I have them. I'm not a big user of them. More so admin for me. The intended purpose of a monopod or a butt spike is you're sitting in a position for a really, really long time. and Really, you can really, really long. Really, really, really long. Cops. Really, really long. And you need to be on that target in watching one specific thing. So that gun needs to be able to support itself because you you have a rear bag, right? You're not going to be sitting there putting constant tension on, on that the rear bag, bag right. trying to get that gun to stay in one position. And plus, it's going to move around. So now you have an option of a monopod. I don't recommend shooting off of a monopod, especially if you're shooting like 10 or 12 rounds. You're just going to, one, you're going to dig a trench. And two, it's not what it's intended for. Yeah. So I usually put my rear bag under it. So yeah, if you need to get a little more elevation. Well, not only a, that, but to keep it from digging and doing different stuff. And I'll kind of put my rear bag under it. But I'm not a bit. I don't shoot off of them. Well, I don't if you're them. going from that, too, you have to think about the height of the actual butt stock. Yeah. So if you're if you're sitting behind the gun and you have your, your monopod or butt spike deployed and you have a rear bag underneath it, you, that butt stock is going to be sitting really high. And maybe you're doing some type of high angle yep. or something like that. It just depends. But uh, for sure. Hard gear. Let's see. Um, bipods. Yeah, bipods are everywhere. It's huge, man. So much bipod. The two that I'm currently using, and I swap back and forth between are the Atlas and the Harris. And bipod feet are something to actually consider as well. Yeah. So with the Harris bipods, it's a little bit a little bit harder to get those uh, to get those feet off. You actually knock some roll pins out. But then there's replacement feet like the Talon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Hawk Hill that puts those Hawk out. Hawk Hill has a lot of good stuff and for bipod. I, I got some of the, we got some of those on order. Uh, we used to carry them. I don't know what you happened. You guys have rifle sticks yeah. too. Yeah, he we got the, rifle sticks. Rifle sticks are the good ones. Uh, that's I have Clint those Sharp. on my Atlas. Yeah, Clint Sharp and rifle sticks are good extensions and feet options and things for like your Atlas and Harris. Um, I and I was actually using those a lot before the whole tripod mm-hmm. thing got caught on fire. I was using the rifle sticks because you can daisy chain a bunch of them together yes. to get the height that you need. And I'm shooting off of a hill. So the front side of a hill, but I got both my legs extended. I got the legs extended on the Atlas and then I got spikes that are built into the bottom now because it has the adapters. So everything is, you know, nice and tight and it's got a little bit of flex to it. So I can just yeah. kind of push into it. If you're not, if you're listening out there and you're not a big run and gun guy, you're not going to do these matches like that and you're not going to get crazy, but you want like really good, really accurate, really stable elite iron. It's expensive. It works. And, and I know Mark Taylor up in Alaska with Wiggies. Mark. Mark. And, um, little bitty. <laughs> <laughs> little bitty. Little bitty. Call little bitty. Um. So Mark almost mandates for students in our classes up in Alaska to get the Elite Iron. It makes a difference, man. These guys do so much better with it. And what's the product that they're doing? I'm not too familiar with it. It's the it's a the Revolution bipod. It's that big crazy one. It's got it's it the leg style is almost like your TRG bipod. So it's got a very similar footprint to a TRG. But it's got that big ring that's the revolution. It can go 360. Oh, you got one of those on a couple of your rifles. Yeah, my AI. Or is it the same one that you move it back and forth? Yeah, I move it back and forth. 
Um, but it has, what it is, is it has notches in it and you can tighten it into the notch. You will not cant your rifle because one, it's got a wide footprint. Two, it's up front pretty far. And three, it locks down tighter than any other bipod out there. And you'll find that your position is so much more stable. In the prone, it's money. There is some... You Isn't gotta, there a fundamental thing behind it too? Because the, the yes, legs it's are so over, far... It's over the... So there's um, an apex. Yes, the apex. Of the triangle, I have a, right? It's in my slides, in my PowerPoint. We talk about the apex of where the barrel is. The apex is over the barrel and not under the barrel. So it makes a big difference in... It's expensive. It's worth it. It works. Uh, there's a lighter one. Now, the only one I wasn't a fan of and I just used it, he created one with a pan to it. I wouldn't get the pan version. I would get the older, even if you get the lighter one, because there's a light one, a heavy one. And especially if you're an ELR type shooter, this is the bipod you want. Um, that To me, the Harris is the bare minimum. That's like as low as you go. If you're going to get a Harris, get the... The BRM yeah, swivel. Get, yeah, get the and, swivel and one. And then get a podlock. Get a T-nut, podlock, lock. whatever it takes. If you don't have a podlock on your Harris, you're yeah. wrong. You're, you're wasting a lot of people's time, to be honest with you. We fight with that so much in class. Guys show up with the Harris. They can't tighten them up. They're too, they're too hard. You got to get a Leatherman in there, and you got to get a... Um, an, an accessory bit screwdriver inside there to tighten that up on top of the nut on the outside. Get rid of all that crap. A podlock is $11. If you're getting the SBRM version, there's basically a, a spring. It's spring-loaded. So when you yeah. click the button, the leg comes shooting out, which is great and all. If that spring is under tension, that bipod's a little bouncy. It'll too. bounce. you got to so take a notch out. Take a notch out. Yeah, so there's a lot of a downsides to the Harris. And you can modify them and make them good, but modify them and make them good. If you want to go cheap, there's your cheapest option. Some guy came on the hide asking about a knockoff. I friggin' almost came out of my skin. He's like, well, I want to buy an Atlas knock. I'm like, no, don't even come on here and talk about knockoffs. You get what you pay for, man. Right? Bottom line. Those are go, You want to go out and buy a, an Atlas knockoff, go off and buy don't an Atlas Don't tell me. Knock. Yeah, just go out and buy it, and then you'll buy another one, and then you'll buy another one yep. where you could have just bought the Atlas in the first place. I'll call you a dick licker. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Muzzle brakes. Muzzle brakes. Choosing, uh, choosing a muzzle brake is like choosing footwear. It costs about the same, mm -hmm. and they're all, they all pretty much do the same thing, and there are exactly one billion different kinds of muzzle brakes that are out there. You have to find the one that's either you, you have one that's either easily installed the, or you have to have a gunsmith. The, the innovation comes from Area 419 with his brake because it, it it's it's multiple parts. It's not just a brake. It does it fits as an adapter. It's a muzzle brake adapter, I guess, is a way for 419. But he is a good product. Patriot Valley's Mad Scientist is good. The APA, everybody defaults the APA, to. APA, yeah. Um, a Look. lot of guys use that because it has a jam nut locking system. Yeah, on. they no all shims do now. Yet. Almost everybody's jam nut now. Yeah, no shims required on a lot of these anymore. And you don't need a gunsmith to put it on I start you. The weather kind of turned a bit. I started, I'm doing a muzzle brake kind of review thing, a video. And I've actually tested it and got it going. I literally, if you take an eight inch circle, I can fill it with brakes I have at the house right now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do a video with a grid and recoil. I mean, it's weird too, not weird, but it's, it's enlightening to see the movement, not just forward and backwards, but up and down. 
And then you're kind of making sure they don't mess with your accuracy. The jam nut is the way to go nowadays, self-timed, that whole thing, unless you want a gunsmith. If your gunsmith's going to build your rifle, then they blend it in and you never look, you can't see the seam. It looks really good. But if you're doing it yourself and you're adding it to an aftermarket, the jam nut models, again, Fort Area 419, Patriot Valley, APA, heck, even Spartan's got a new one coming out that's cool. Uh, I use the Thunder Beast too because I use their suppressors. Surefires I like. Um, there's there's a billion of them yeah, out there, guys. Yeah, there's a billion. And if you, if you call and ask me, hey. Ports, man. You want ports. Yeah. If you call and ask me what muzzle brake you should get. I'm going to ask you, are you ever going to put a suppressor on that gun? Because then I'm going to point you in the direction of that actual adapter. So, you know, most brake adapters for suppressors require special attention. Do not, do not, do not use a crush washer if you're going to install a suppressor. That crush washer has flex in it. Instead, install shims. But have your yeah. just have your gunsmith do it. Yeah. You know, install those shims because you don't want to get a baffle strike if if something's weighing outside of that crush washer. It's amazing tolerance. how many people screw up threads, man. Mm -hmm. and, and you get weird. yeah. You need to check for concentricity. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're in that position. And T-Back, they 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 have a, a specific way they have to do stuff. And every time that we thread something at mile high, it's done at NFA standard. So that you don't get those baffle strikes, because we're we're big big people when it comes to suppressors. Yeah, for sure. Um, scope accessories, switch view. Is it necessary? Well, I I for out here I did I actually think it is in a way. We use our magnification a ton because you have to find them. You know, the, it, like a, a a competition dynamics going back to them. You got a pin, and if you stand over the pin, there's a left and right limit. They'll tell you. Between the left and right limit, there's 10 targets. They're not painted. You got to find them. You got to look for that strap. They're multiple distances, multiple ranges. They're not in any specific order. So what you're constantly doing is low power, making sure you got the right one, high power shooting it. Low power finding it, high power shooting it. So there's a lot to be said for playing with that magnification in a field type setup to make sure you're shooting the right target. Yep, and a lot of those night force scopes usually come with them, so it's just a little nut that you yeah, power, take out of the power, the power ring, and then you have like just a throw little lever. bolt. Yeah, the power throw lever. You have those that you can get aftermarket, but a lot of the scopes actually have them built into them now. Yeah, so that you can just you know screw in that little nut, and then you're even that you're good zero to go. compromise has a nice lever on there. That's they're like fifty bucks or something yeah. like that. I have one on my Schmidt, and that is probably one of the best things that I've ever put on that scope. Just having some kind of cattail throw lever play with something. It. Play with it to find that perfect alignment for your power setting so your bolt isn't in the way and it's not in your way. It's not just this case of stick it on at 12 o'clock or put it here. I always tweak it to make sure where I'm going to be playing in the power limit, it doesn't interfere with any of my operations. I've seen guys go as far as putting like a thick cable tie on their power ring as mm -hmm. well, just to have something that's notched up so that they can grab onto it a little bit easier. A lot of the higher end scopes, you're going to notice have, you know, their, their power ring is a lot tighter that, that, than the, than the cheap stuff. They even have those 3D printed ones now, super cheap, that MK uh, machining uh, kid, he, he has uh, 3D printed ones and, and they're at a minimum of what you should get. If you're not going to get the switch views from MGM. You know, thinking of guys that do the, make their own personal modifications like grabbing a cable tie and wrapping it mm -hmm. around there we had uh we got a guy at our local match he, 
basically just rat fucked through his toolbox and built his own little barricade stop out of some scrap. And uh, we gave him shit for it. But it worked, you know, right. he, like he he had the exact he, measurement DIY, of the barricade. Yeah. He clipped it onto the barricade, put his gun onto it and started shooting. You know, he's the kind of guy that you want with you when the apocalypse it, it, happens, because like everybody's got their own way of doing things. And if that way works for you, use that. We're not telling you the way to go with all your equipment. We're telling you a way to go. And, with and accessories are where it's moving right now. You're seeing so much in Again, CNC will travel. There's so much innovation, 3D printing. All these different things. That's, I mean, heck, talking magneto speed in the last one in chronographs, I'm going to end up switching over to, to, so I can run the magneto even better and easier. I'm going to use the rods and put it to the side on my pick rails, you know, oh, because yeah. in that way I don't have to keep attaching it and reattaching it that way. And I can get around my suppressors with the covers on it. I'm going to go to that side mounted stainless steel rail accessory for my magnetos. So accessories are definitely where things are changing and helping you better um, without spending a ton of money. I mean, you can spend a lot, but it's cheaper than buying a whole new stock. The moral of the story is just stop making excuses. Yeah. Get creative mm-hmm. and become competitive. And, you know, don't use those excuses. Just show, just show up. Yeah, just do show it, Show up and see what guys are doing. It, it amazes me every time I go out there and I see something that somebody put together and they're like, okay, you know, this is my new piece of equipment. They didn't buy it anywhere. They just made it up. Right. Well, there's so many people that are working these jobs that have the ability to go get something spun up. I mean, heck, there's a dozen times a week I th- wish I had a CNC machine. Oh, I, I can really be cool if I made this. Two-shot match savers. We see them all the time. Yeah, the Hoptic. Is it the, we got the Hoptic one, and then there's the the Velcro one. Is the it the short, short action, action precision? Yeah. Okay. Those are those are you almost see one on every single rifle. Now, honestly, there. I think you could go to Core and get the mag extensions. They have the AI mag extensions, mm-hmm. not for the um, not for the AW, but for the AI. I've seen a lot more of those now. The, to me, instead of getting a mag extension, I mean a a, a two round holder. Just buy the core mag extension and put 12 rounds in your dang mag instead of worrying about the two. Yeah, and you have to train yourself to that standard too. So, you know, you run out, run out, run out, and then, you know, a lot of guys are going straight for the magazine instead of going for that one round on the side or two rounds on the side. So you have to actually train to that level. You can't just buy all the Gucci equipment expected to work for you. You gotta you gotta practice. You gotta practice with it. And I like the first time I had the Hoptic. I had it too tight and you could barely get them out. Mm-hmm. Like I jammed them in, but never or you have set it, them. Or you have it too loose and they yeah, fall out when you're right. when you're walking between stages because a lot of times your your barrel is too long because you have a suppressor on it. You're at 22 inches and you don't want it dragging in the dirt, so you put it muzzle up. When you put it muzzle up, gravity is going to do its work and yeah, it's going to pull those around. It's going to pull those rounds out. Doesn't take much to knock them out. So yeah, the, it, you got to practice, man. You got to play with it. It's not a case of buy it and win with it. It's buy it, train with it, then go out and use it. You know, you got to do the training end, end of it. Levels. So we got all the stuff that's out there right now. The top ones I can think of are Vortex, Hoptic. Spur comes with a level that's built into the mount. You can't see that though. It's, it's hard to see. It's hard to see for Somebody old yelled eyes, at me. Somebody, old somebody said to me, they're like, because I don't use levels, man. I'm not a fan. Um, Long range arms. Yeah, that one's cool. The electric. I've actually, I recommend people that long range arm one. Like I had a guy ask me about a bench rest rifle in a in a in a um in a fixture, and he had to have a a, a, an accuracy standard that a bubble won't reach. Long range uh, is the electronic one. Mm -hmm. That one has that accuracy. 
I I'm I I just don't use them. I'm not gonna get. I won't rant on levels. It's a it's a it's a training tool, not a shooting aid. So if you're not using it correctly, you know what's the point. But I did have a guy. I said because I said I don't use levels, and he started laying into me and showing pictures of my rifles with spurs on it, and he's saying I was shooting with a level because I used a spur mount. Like I don't look at that freaking thing, man. I can't see it. It's under my scope. So we're talking left to right levels. What about so? That's a mounting level. That's not so, a shooting level. So what you're saying is, is left to right level, you don't use them. What about front to back? So an angle cosine indicator. Yes, I use that. Okay. Yeah. And what is the purpose of that? This is the the big question. The angles. We're gonna do an angle thing. I'm gonna go to my Pike place and, and shoot a, a video for that. But so, um. The basic rundown of angle cosine indicator. It's Why gravity, do we need one? Because it's either high or low. If if you're shooting uphill or downhill, you hold low because you're only covering X amount of gravity versus the the straight line distance. The bitch is you still have to dope the wind the straight line distance, but the shot is doped via gravity. So the angle is eliminating X amount of the gravity that interacts on the. Is it, like I said, this is shortcut layman's terms. What the cosine indicator does will say this shot is 90% of straight line. This shot is 85% of straight line. So this is your A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff. And weaponized math. Weaponized math. A lot of stuff is out there. A lot of accessories accessories are out there. And, you know, if we didn't cover something that you guys wanted to talk about, uh, definitely hit us up in the comment section on Facebook. It's harder to get to the app and manage the app comments because it's it has to be done on my uh, my mobile device or my phone or something like that. And I didn't even just, know there was app comments. Yeah, man. So I'm gonna actually we're gonna uh, we're getting really close to the end of this one. Oh, so I want to go over these comments like, so that we, we can we can help you guys out and, and and get these answered for you. So let's see a lot of uh, a lot of love going out to us. A lot of love going out to Frank. Uh, Great love, job, man. Frank. Great job. Love the myth busting. Mike. I thought um, somebody had posted on Facebook about doing a Mythbusters episode. Yes. So I thought we could bring in that guy. So we'll just do an interview. So we'll come up with some questions and then and then we'll talk about uh, uh, the, the I don't Kelvin, know the myth. I was gonna say the, the, the Kelvin uh, uh, angle of the aurora borealis. Uh, effect on the I've only seen a partial Aurora Borealis. I'd like to see the whole thing. So we'll get an interview with that guy going, but let's see here. Uh, still questions on the volume. Hopefully we fixed that. We That's <laughs> an app issue. The yeah. volume, let me tell you what, man. I got, I can't put the volume up any louder. If you look at your <laughs> app, because this thing is like crap. I want you guys to know that I get phone calls from Frank on this. Another guy about the volume. I'm like, hold on, let me turn the volume down on my phone real quick. All right, go Operator ahead. error. Because I'm telling you, this volume is perfect. I got this thing down. Uh, we got guys that really enjoy the focus on marksmanship versus... I could talk like this right against the mic. Mm. <laughs> put, put some bass in your voice, man. I don't have any bass, man. <laughs> okay. uh, we got guys that are looking forward to more discussions on the wind, which we're absolutely going to have. Yeah, that uh, just was a start. Good info, share, great podcast. I'm trying to get to some questions here. I know I saw some earlier. Everybody's patting us on the back. We I don't know. need any more. I appreciate it. Questions. <laughs> I get it. Breathing techniques. Breathe. You're not swimming underwater, man. Don't hold your breath. So, <laughs> right? I like to release the shot at my natural yeah the bottom of your break yeah, bottom of your cycle break, right bottom of your breathing cycle and then don't hold what what i find when i when i hold my breath is that you know your eyesight's the first thing to go 
So maybe even short, choppy breaths or something like that, but controlled. And uh, you know, you in what do my, they call that? The the natural pause. So you yeah, breathe in, natural respiratory you breathe pause. out, and it's a nice flat line. You know, squeeze off your trigger. This is really nice when you have a two stage trigger for me, so that I can Very I can take up. out the slack. Yep. And I can breathe normally, and I know where it's going to break. And then when I finally let that last breath out, I can touch off. And you on don't the let it all the way out. It's your natural respiratory pause. You, you, there's no diaphragm in the way. There's no. Here's the deal, man. You don't have to go to Lamont's class. No, it's, it's, you got two big balloons in your chest, and then you got that beating heart in the middle of it. When you freaking break the shot on your natural respiratory pause, you're collapsing on your skeletal structure. You're taking that heartbeat and those balloons out of it. If you're seeing your pulse in these different things, you're probably holding your breath. 90% of the people out there do it. I actually have a photograph of a guy during my, one of my fundamental evals, and he held his breath for all the shots, and you can see the veins coming out of the side of his head. <laughs> and I took a picture of his temple because it was red, and the veins were there because for five shots, he, he held his breath. What we're saying is breathe. breathe. You're not swimming underwater. Breathe, breathe and squeeze, and everything will be just fine. That opens up everything. You don't work if you don't breathe, man. You're going to swim underwater, hold your breath. What are our thoughts on composite covered barrels proof as an example? Yeah, proof rocks, man. Don't don't listen to the naysayers who think they know something because my friend drives race cars and he has brakes and brakes don't do this on his car. Hey, that's fiber. that guy. That's the guy we're going to have an interview yes. with. Dude, proof works. That carbon fiber stuff works. If it's built right, it works. They have a good rifle cut barrel underneath. There's some fanciness underneath you don't see. There's stuff in the resin, the way it's wrapped. That your proof works. It's a third of the weight of your normal barrel yeah, would be. Basically. But it works. Don't even listen to any of them. Now here's the bitch. When you shoot, you'll get Mirage. Think about an F-class guy. F-class guy's putting Mirage band on a steel barrel. Okay. So if you have a carbon fiber barrel, which is as people say, will radiate the heat and move heat through the entire barrel. If it's in front of your 25 power scope, you're going to get Mirage. That's why things will walk. The barrel is not walking. You're shooting through Mirage. Because like I said, if, even, if these guys are so anal retentive, they'll put a Mirage band on a steel barrel. What do you think this carbon fiber thing is going to do? It has heat right there. I cooked my proofs. I shot 60 rounds as fast as I could. 60 out of a friggin' 260 and 308. It's Mirage. It's not the barrel. If I block the Mirage from the scope, the barrel shoots perfect after 60 rounds as fast as I could. So don't believe the bullshit. There's no talk on Savage Rifles, Frank. I know. I'm not a Savage guy. I have one. So We'll my, do that later. That's my, another one. Well, my take on Savage Rifles, just to kind of just hold this over for a minute, is they don't make a lot of accessories out there for them. They're getting I, better. They're getting better. There's a lot of guys that I talk to that are we've like, man, it's a, a great shooting break. rifle out the box. Dude, we've had a lot of them break in mm -hmm. class. We've had a, even uh, when we go and shoot up at our at our match, uh, that tactical reload that they like to do. Mm -hmm. So you you get your Savage jammed up against a- uh, Drops the mag. Yeah, jammed up against the barricade. It hits the switch that's in the front of the magazine, drops the mag out for you. Yeah. So I mean, we don't talk Savage a lot about is getting them. better, but it's not a, I'm not a fan. I have them. I, we did the ghost tape. We did a Savage project. They sold us in, nine, in 2001. They discontinued the 10 FP in 260. And I went to SHOT Show that year and I asked Savage if they'd sell them to us. 
They sold us five for 250 bucks each. And we did a 260 project in 2001 with Savages. Now that Savage right now is a 6BR. It's a single shot 6BR and a McMillan A5 stock and it's a tactical rifle. But I did that in 2001. And so I've been there, done that. I just didn't think Savage was really keeping up the way. People have good luck with their F-Class ones. They're, you know, if you like them, enjoy them. So we got a question if we're ever going to talk about 300 Normas and the big bore stuff. Yeah, uh, three, we'll get into 338 that. 338 Lapuas. I yeah, shoot so the Normas. Don't worry, we'll talk about that stuff. We're here to talk about everything precision rifle based. And those are huge calibers that are out there. And a lot of guys are using them. This is going into the ELR stuff. Uh, Frankie's got basically everything, all the information that you guys will ever need on that. Uh, yeah, let's see here. We're, we're ELR in it. So, I mean, I'm shooting a ton of ELR. We got a some, ton of 338. And we so. got a win question about quartering win on the on the uh, on the what podcast about? that you did before. Yeah, what's the question? Uh, basically, he just can't get his head around it, and he wants to go into more on that. But we're going to go into look more, at the win rows. Yeah, we're we're going to go into more win stuff, dude. Go on Sniper's Hide. Go in the everyday sniper section at the bottom of the forum, and I posted the win rows with the values. You will see the number in black and white. That's all I'll tell you. It'll make perfect sense. Okay, guys, I want to talk a little bit more about six millimeters, which... That's why people screw the yeah. wind up, because they're doing we're it wrong. Yeah, there. but we're almost done. We're, we're, we're hitting our hour, so we got four more minutes here, and then we're going to end this one. But that's basically all the questions or comments cool. um, that we have then from the app itself. Let's do the shout-outs, and then we'll go to the next... But I, I want to shout out to, like I said, the forum's getting read. I've got all week. I've been friggin' I didn't do a podcast this week like I normally do because I was tied to my computer. The new forum part's going to almost be done. Uh, they're working on it right now. It'll be upgraded and, and all that. Um, the software is running great, but I'm making it look pretty, putting the ads back. The online training. Everybody's asking me about the online training. I'm canceling all your accounts. Uh, PayPal got back to me. I got that sorted out. This is going to be a whole new system. Here's what I'm doing, man. I'm going proprietary video now. I had a system before, but I'm, I'm up, I've am i already upgraded it. Once with, with like stuff like Florida and what's going on today and this week mm -hmm. and everything. Or, or thinking, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, out to you for, guys, sure, for sure, man. That's These are bad people. I'm not getting into that, but I'm talking about the politician side of it. When this administration is out the door... We're going to be screwed in a lot of ways and maybe big, maybe small, but there's going to be varying degrees of our screwed video. I think YouTube, Facebook, and all these big companies who are not gun friendly already are going to really drop the hammer on guys. And I've prepared myself in for you guys that you won't have that interruption. I'm doing proprietary video that won't get shut down. We're going to do the online training is all brand new. That'll be back up and running probably next week. Um, there should be done this weekend, but it'll probably be back up and running. So I'm positioning myself with the understanding this shit might go south to a certain degree with us once in three years from now. Go out so, and do your part though. Yeah, do your part, man. Talk to your representatives. Talk to that stuff. Don't be the ugly American about it. Be smart. Be supportive. Be respectful, be, be civilized. Be respectful, be civil. You know, don't call them the douchebags they are. Um, <laughs> That's going to come back and get you when you go for president. Yeah. Right you know what? I'm already fucked for president. But uh, so anyway, 
I, I want to say thanks to everybody who's been on the hide supporting it and doing that. I want to thank Mike and the Mile High people for helping me out. We're going to have this stuff wired uh, with the new season coming up with our training classes, Mile High Debt. We're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah. We're going to have a bunch of media for you guys to go through. Um, and Yeah, don't sweat it. So. Yeah, don't sweat it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. We're done. Wrap it up, Mike. I like this technique where I just kind of listen, listen. just to see how many times you're going to say it. Wrap it. But wrap seriously, it. in all, in all, everything out there from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Frank's heart, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Uh, we are growing rapidly. We're getting a ton of downloads. We're getting a bunch of follows. You guys are on Facebook. If you guys got questions, please ask us. I try to get out there and research as much of this stuff as possible. I have a wealth of knowledge to draw from with Frank and the, you guys are making me a better shooter by having to stand up in front of you and talk about it. Yeah. So thank it you helps. guys for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely thank you and we'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Sniper. Everyday Sniper. With Mike and Frank. <laughs>